I want you just right now, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter number 20. The book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, and I'll be very brief tonight. 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, I can't get away from it. The title of the message tonight is, His Mercy Endureth Forever. In the book of 2 Chronicles, in chapter number 20, I just want to read a couple of verses, beginning with verse number 12. Jehoshaphat is praying the king. He says, O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Can I stop and ask you a question tonight? Is there anybody here? I want you to show your hands. Is there anybody here? You're in a battle. You're under attack. You feel like you've been invaded. Anybody? I'm in a battle. Yes, sir. It may not be a physical battle. It may be a spiritual battle. It, it could be a battle in your finances, a battle in your mind. I, I don't know, but I look around the house of God tonight, and Brother Mike, people's in a battle. They're being under attack. When I think about Jehoshaphat, I think, number one, he has a desperate problem. He has a desperate problem. The Bible will tell us in verses 1 and 2 that it came to pass after this also, that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side of Syria. And behold, they are in Hazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. Verse 3 says, And Jehoshaphat feared. He has a desperate problem. Moab has come against him. Ammon has come against him. Do you know who they are? You remember Lot who escaped from Sodom and Gomorrah by the mercy of Almighty God and his wife turned back and was turned into a pillar of salt and his two daughters went with him? They first went to Zoar but they couldn't get along there and they went up into the mountain and the girls thought this will be the end of our line and our lineage and our ancestry and they had the idea to make their daddy drink wine, and got him drunk. And one of them had an incestuous relationship with her daddy. And she became a child and delivered a child by the name of Moab. The other sister the next night did the same thing. She had a child by the name of Ammon, the Moabites and the Ammonites. God said, Moab is my washpot. These people constantly were attacking the people of God. Hear me tonight, we have an enemy, the devil. The flesh and the world is against us. They are a perpetual enemy against us. They're constantly trying to invade and trying to destroy us. There's a multitude that's come against Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, if I took time to read it in chapter 17, he's a man that feared God. He's a man that made right choices. He's a man that served God. But in the next chapter, he got off in sin and made an evil covenant with a wicked king. And now the power of God has fallen off of him. He's got off in sin and he repented over it. And he got right with God. And we come in this chapter and now the enemies have attacked after he got right with God. And my Bible says, Jehoshaphat feared. Not only did he fear he was outnumbered. Don't, not only did he fear he was being overwhelmed. But he feared that judgment was falling because of his sin. Have you ever been there? He was afraid. But you see, here's the thing about our God. When God forgives our sin, oh yes, there may be consequences, 
but the sin is cast as far as the east is from the west. It's cast behind his back. It's been removed from us. Jesus, the Bible says, he's taken away our sin. Oh, praise his holy name. And tonight you may have a desperate problem. You may have an enemy. You may be under attack. And you may have fear. But I just have an announcement. See if I can get an amen right here. Jesus still loves us. Jesus is still on his side. And it's going to be all right tonight. Amen. And verse 12 says, Lord, we don't know what to do. There's a great company that's come against us. We don't know what to do. But our eyes are upon thee. Number two. He made some direct preparations. What did Jehoshaphat do when he was afraid? What did Jehoshaphat do when he's being invaded? What did Jehoshaphat do when he's under attack? Did he fortify his weaponry? Did he go call uh, 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 some, of the, some of the army and the battalions to come together? Did, did he start sharpening his swords? Did he, did he start meeting with his, with his uh, military might and uh, uh, present a military strategy? It's not what he did. Verse 3 says, He set himself to seek the Lord. You know what you need to do when you're afraid? You know what you need to do when you're under attack? You know what you need to do when you're being invaded? You need to set yourself to seek the Lord. It's not some military strategy that you need, honey. It's not some might of some great army. It's not some financial backing that you need. You know who you need? You need the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'll turn to Him, He's able to deliver us. He's able to help us. Thank God for it tonight. So Jehoshaphat, he had direct preparations. Look with me in verse number 4. Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Not only did Jehoshaphat begin to look to the Lord and he called a fast, but all the people, all the people gathered around of the congregation and every one of them came to ask help of the Lord. Wouldn't it be great, America, if we would get on the same page and ask help of the Lord? The Bible says in verse 5, Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. What did he do? Number three, he had dedicated prayer. He starts calling on the Lord. He said, oh, Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? What's this. And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Do you see the king as he leads his nation in prayer? Where is that in our nation? Where is that in our leadership? Where is that in our state? I dare say this, where is that in our churches? Our churches are not even turning to God. Our churches are turning to programs and the devisements of men, to human intellect and human reasoning, but we need to be turning to the Lord. God has the power. God has the ability. Our God is able I want to read real quick out of 1 Kings. Would you turn back there? 1 Kings chapter number 8. I've already took longer than I meant to. 1 Kings chapter number 8. I want to read out of verse number 37 of this great chapter. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse number 37. Maybe 100, 150 years before these times of Jehoshaphat. Look what was said here in verse 
chapter 8, verse number 37. If, are you, are you there? 1 Kings 8, 37. If there be in the land famine, if there be pestilence, that's where we are, church. Blasting, mildew, locust, or if there be caterpillar, if their enemy besiege them in the land of their cities, whatsoever plague, whatsoever sickness there be, what prayer and supplication soever be made by any man or by all thy people Israel, which shall know every man the plague of his own heart and spread forth his hands toward this house, then hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place and forgive and do and give to every man according to his ways, whose heart thou knowest. For thou, even thou only, knowest the hearts of all the children of men, that they may fear thee all the days, that they may live in the land which thou givest unto our fathers. That's a promise from God. If the people would pray and turn to the Lord, God would hear and heal of the pestilence and heal of the plague and heal of the invasion and the attack. Amen. And here they are 100, 150 years later. And Jehoshaphat, the man, listen, the king goes into the house of God and begins to pray. And he begins to even proclaim the promises. Verse 9 of chapter 20. If when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, if we stand before this house in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. Hallelujah. We need the help of Almighty God. Again, verse 12. He said, Lord, we have no might against this company. They're stronger than us. This is a battle we cannot win. Neither know we what to do. We don't have a strategy. We don't even know where to start. We're weak and feeble. But, oh, I like this, don't you? Our eyes are upon you. Don't get your eyes on the preacher. Don't get your eyes on the church. Get your eyes on Jesus. Our expectation needs to be of Jesus Christ. Fourthly, there's a divine promise. Verse 13. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. Notice with me, they weren't in the nursery. They were all together standing before the Lord. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph. Upon Jehaziel came the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. In the midst of the congregation. And you know what he does? He gives us an inspired message. Inspired means it's from God. A message from God. Man, as I was praying about what to do tonight, I so bad wanted to hear Brother Mike sing first and just, and just honest, just hope the Holy Spirit blesses it and I'd never get to the preaching part. And God said, you're just going to go ahead right now and get that out of the way. But I want to listen, I want to say to you, upon the man of God came the Spirit of the Lord. And God had a message for Jehoshaphat. God had a message for the nation. He says in verse 15, Hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king Jehoshaphat, be not afraid, 
nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. I don't know who you are. You're under attack. You've got fear. You're worried absolutely to death. But I'm telling you, if you'll turn this over to Him, this... This battle is not yours. This matter, this battle belongs to God. This matter is in His hands. Just look to Him and trust Him and watch and see what our God is going to do. I say hallelujah, church. We can turn it over to Him. There's an inspired message. Now, He gives some instruction in verse 16. He says, tomorrow go ye down against them. Hear me. Preacher Darren, but I'm outnumbered. Preacher Darren, I'm scared. Preacher Darren, I'm overwhelmed. Oh, yes, but God's bigger than your enemy. And God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to go to a specific spot. Tomorrow, go you down against them. In other words, you go ahead and go to that doctor's office. You go ahead and go down there to that bank. You go ahead and report before your enemy. You go ahead and stand there. He says, you go down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerel. What does that mean? Hey, it doesn't mean do nothing. What it means is just keep serving God. Just keep trusting God. Just keep hoping and be patient. Wait on Him and show up for the battle. Amen. Yeah, you may have to go through that surgery. Yeah, there may be difficulty, but verse 17 says, You shall not fight. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand ye still. And see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Ma'am, God knows all about it. He knows your battle. He knows your fears, sir. Lord, had me come just to share, read this scripture with you. You know it already, but just to remind you, this battle's not yours. You can stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. Look at verse 18. Look what the leadership did. Look what the king did. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. What did they do? Did they sharpen their sword? Did they have a summit meeting with military strategy? I'll tell you what they did. They worshiped. That tells me I can worship God when I'm troubled. I can worship God when I'm talked about. I can worship God when I have temptations. I can worship God when I have all kinds of threats come against me. I can still worship God and the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korites. They stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. I've already told you, church, he inhabits the praise of his people. In the middle of your battle, in the middle of your attack, 
I have a word from God. Praise Him. Worship Him. Pray, seek His face. But worship Him. What's what God's going to do? Verse 20. They rose early in the morning, went forth to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. Preacher. Just believe. That's all he wants you to do. Just believe him. Just trust him. Amen. Just believe in the Lord your God. So shall you be established. Believe his prophets. So shall you prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. Do you see what they did? Before the army. <laughs> Before the army. Praise. Before the army. The singers. They go out. Praise God. What do they say? Praise the Lord. For his mercy endureth forever. Just get in the enemy's face and say. Praise the Lord. For his mercy endureth forever. Hey. Glory to God. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the merciful one. He's the mighty one. He's the marvelous one. Blessed be his holy name. Can you imagine when the enemy stood there and saw people coming at them, worshiping and praising God? Their mouths had to fall open. These people's on a new drug. Oh, yes, his name is Jesus. And they've been addicted to the ministry. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy one another. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. God blessed them with a mighty victory. Forty-one times in our Bible, forty-one, the Bible says, for his mercy endureth forever. David said it in 1 Chronicles 16.34 in his Thanksgiving prayer. Amen. Again in verse 41. 2 Chronicles 5, 13. 2 Chronicles 7, verses 3 and 6. Ezra, verses three, ver, ver, chapter 3, verse 11. Psalm 106, 1. Psalm 107, 1. Psalm 118, 1, 2, 3, 4, and 29. 26 times. 26 times in Psalm 136. For his mercy endureth forever. You ever heard of a scripture called Jeremiah 33? Let's turn there. I'm done. Jeremiah 33. Jeremiah 33. You remember that verse 3? Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Man, we love to quote that verse, don't we? That means pray. Brother Adam, man, I was watching y'all sing the other night. 
over at Dyson Grove. I've watched it four times now. I literally had to pull off and shout a while. Amen. I've never had a prayer he couldn't answer. I've never had a tear he couldn't dry. Never had one. Look at verse 11 of this chapter. The voice of joy and the voice of gladness. The voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. The voice of them that shall say, Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for His mercy endureth forever. And of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, for I will cause to return the captivity of the land as at the first, saith the Lord. You stay with me. You stay with me. Seth, I want you to come to the piano, please, son. Please do. I'm just asking you, there may be somebody here, you're in a battle. And I'm telling you, you just can't hardly get to the place where you can hardly praise Him. You want to say the Lord is good, and you know He is, but sometimes the flesh says, no, He's not good to me. Not right now. But I'm asking you, would you just step out, and get on your knee real quick, say, Lord, I just want to tell you that you're good. I just want to step out and say, praise the Lord. For your mercy endureth forever. Lord, I'm in a battle. Lord, I'm under attack. I'm being surrounded. I'm being besieged. I'm being invaded. And Lord, I'm overwhelmed. Lord, I'm outnumbered. Lord, I don't know what to do. I have no strength to overcome this. But Lord, the one thing I know to do, I'm going to put my eye on you. I'm going to bow my knee in your house and I'm going to say, for His mercy endureth forever. Lord, I'm going to stand still. The battle is yours. Lord, take care of it, I'm asking. God, help me not to adjust my situation. Help me just to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God, tonight we bow in your presence. God, there's needs, great needs, overwhelmed, burdened tonight, God. Father, I pray You'd see in reinforcements. God, I pray you'd open our eyes and let us, as we look to you, see our enemy being surrounded by your power, by your glory, by chariots of fire. God, you have that sickness under your control. God, you have that prayer request that's unanswered in your hands, God. Lord, you have the answer. God, you have the healing. God, you're the remedy. God, you are the triumph. God, you are the victory. And tonight, God, we, your people, we look unto the Lord our God. Father, here we bow. God, would you see us? God, would you help us? God, would you deliver us one more time, Lord, I pray. We praise you. We honor you. And we give you glory. And God, I want to thank you for taking the time to hear our little old prayer. Oh, God, we're not much. Oh, no. But you saw fit to save us. Oh, by the mercy of a most high God. Through the power of the shed blood of your son, Jesus Christ. And I praise his holy name. Father, would you deliver? God, would you heal? God, would you restore? Touch our nation. She has a pestilence. 
She has a plague. God, there's not many crying out. Oh, we look to science, but we need to be looking to the Lord. God, would you help us? Lord, I pray in Jesus' precious name. Lord, there's a mama got a youngin'. Oh, it's in trouble. God, she's standing before the Lord. <laughs> that daddy's bowed down weeping. God, about that grand youngin'. Oh, God, would you deliver them? God, would you give them a word of assurance? God, would you give them a word of inspiration? God, would you, oh, would you raise up their little old flop ears, God, and speak to them, Lord, and say, I've got this under my control. Oh, God, would you touch them? And oh, God, would you help them, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. help it. i got to do this. And you may say, preacher, you ought to just get out of here. We're ashamed of you, but i got to do this. You remember in the scripture, there was that little old donkey, and he was tied up, staked out. And that little old donkey had to be released. The Lord sent his disciples and said, go get him. And the owner said, what are you doing with my donkey? And they said, the Lord has need of him. And he was released. That little old donkey, he's got a wild nature. He's bad to bray and kick high like our old flesh. He's got to be ruled. And I'm going to tell you something, he's got to be redeemed. Every one of those first donkeys that are born, they have to shed. Listen, the blood of the lamb has to be shed for the donkey to be redeemed. The blood was shed for this little old donkey to be redeemed. I got to do this. Jesus took that little old donkey and brought him there towards Jerusalem. That little old donkey. They put Jesus. The Bible says they set Jesus. Y'all be seated. They set Jesus up on that donkey. In other words, they placed him there. And that little old donkey, he came riding through. And as he did, they were waving palm branches. That said, Hosanna. Blessed is the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. And that little old donkey, he's just riding through. And just maybe, just maybe, his old flesh said, you're that little old wild na nature donkey. Ain't nothing good about you. I mean, that redeemed business, that ruled business, that, that ain't got nothing to do with you. You're still that wicked old little donkey that was out in the field braying. You're just a sinner donkey. There ain't nothing good about you. And that little old donkey starts lowering his head a little lower and a little lower and a little lower. And the one that's riding him. Listen, I didn't come tonight for you to see me. I come for you to see my rider. I come to lift up the one that's presenting to you. Amen. And don't you know the Lord. The Lord reached over and grabbed that little old flop-eared donkey and raised it up and said, whispered in his, he's the right. Listen, he's close enough to say to him, I want you to know I chose you. I chose you. I chose you to lift me up. I chose you to bring me glory. I, of all that, I chose you. Hey, don't you know that little old donkey lifted his head and said, 
Look at my rider. Glory be to his name. Church, we may be a little old bunch of floppier donkeys and they may not be anything good about us. But look at our rider. And every now and then, he'll raise up our little flop ear and give us a word of encouragement and breathe a fresh breath of help in our ears. Tonight when I read that text, I got a fresh breath from glory. Amen. Hey, hallelujah. You may be ashamed of your pastor for crawling, but don't you forget who I am. I'm just a little old flop-eared donkey, and I'm here to just lift up Jesus before the masses. Amen. Hallelujah to God. He's worthy. Amen.